It's all good. I watched it. It was a good finish. Um, Tom, how excited are you to be hosting today's pod? We're going to miss Alex's uh, vapid, snarky chairing, aren't we? We are a bit. I feel like, you know, when you get a supply teacher at school, I feel like that's what this is going to be like. Chaos. You, there's a, when there was a columnist in the Times called A.A. A. Gill. No. He was their, like, food and wine critic for a long time. And his column was called A.A. A. Gill is Away because that's what it was called when he wasn't around. So I was thinking this should be that Alex Perry is away, but I can't can't quite get the reference right. So I probably ignore that. Mm, I quite like that title though. Um, it is a bit like that, isn't it? A bit like a supply teacher. I was wondering whether I was actually going to invite my friend Jack Backhouse, who I've just been to the gym with, to see if he wanted to come and join us to get a, a triumvirate of twenty somethings. He's host for one week, and he's already he's already trying to get guests on. What is this? He's fully where, taken over. Where is Steve, by the way? God knows. Steve holiday. No. Are there, I mean, are there, were there any rules controversies that we need Steve for? There was a Matsuyama one, actually. I briefly saw it and I was like, oh, it's going to be great. Steve's going to be on today. We can get his expertise. And he shunned us. And he was so angry, he couldn't get invited last week. Where is he? Where is he? Anyway, should we talk about some golf? Yeah. Hannah's been playing golf, haven't you? Yes. A lot. a lot of golf shots. <laughs> Go on then, tell us what you've been doing. Playing in the English Women's Stroke Play. Which it's is like big. the female equivalent of the Brabazon, for anyone who's English and knows what that is. Uh, and so it's how many people? Uh, I think it was just over 100 the field size. And what's the sort of handicap cutoff? I think it was a bit higher this year because quite a few people had just gone back to the States. Right. Probably like two or something. So you're amongst... That was some big numbers. And uh, where was it at? But is a... Which is Warwickshire, is it? Stafford. Staffordshire. And what do you think of the golf course? I liked it when I was playing well. <laughs> was it 21, 21 questions of Hannah? It was a nice course. I'm not sure this England golf set it up correctly. Let's say that. It's a bit of a, a, bit of a setup, isn't it? So you've basically been playing in the Premier Women's Amateur event in this country this weekend. You've made the cut, which is brilliant, isn't it? And you rounded your week off with a 73 yesterday, which you're very pleased with because you put it on Twitter. I mean, yeah. I one under through nine and I finished three over, so... I'm not sure very pleased is the right word, but it was better than the 82 the day before, so... <laughs> a few problems with the second hole, I was noticing. Oh my God, don't even... I don't even want to think about it. So, Hannah's off plus three and managed to uh, make a double, a double, a triple and a par, finally, yesterday. So, what was wrong yeah, with this? I made that par. I had to hit a four iron off the tee to leave myself a five wood into the green. Because it's a massive right-to-leg dog, dog leg. The whole left side's blocked out by trees, which I was behind on the first day and the second day. But the whole fairway runs left to right. So if you pitch it in the fairway, you basically end up in the rough down the right, which is what I did on the third day. <laughs> so on the fourth day, I just thought I've had enough of this. I'm hitting the shortest club possible that I can reach the green with on my second shot. Anyway, so you finished, what, 10th or something? 12th? 23rd. Good effort. Where did Hannah Screen finish? Inside the top 10, I think. See, George thinking, why on earth we spend so much time talking about Hannah's golf? Look at his face. Yeah. Did you play no, golf? I didn't know. And to be honest, hearing that she's disappointed about shooting, what was it, 73, around one of the <laughs> toughest courses in the country, it's just like, yeah, this is damaging. Like, <laughs> but hey, what can you do? Oh, we got a guest. Why do we call Danny? Dan Murphy. Why is he not on the pod? We're down in numbers today, Dan. Did you watch any golf? If so, you're in. Have you not watched any golf this weekend? No. 
Got it's a, it's some some golf podcast when only one of us watch golf. Why are you all laughing at me? Because you like live. <laughs> well, thanks for dropping by, Dan. Still alive, still alive. <laughs> I told you it is it is it is like when the supply teacher comes in havoc already five minutes so, in. Uh, so I did play golf this weekend. Uh, I played in a bogey competition at my home club, Old Woodley. Do you know what that is, George? I do. Can can you explain it to me? Well, it's when you have to beat the score of bogey, though, and you get points every time you no. do it. No. Uh, I suppose it is, yeah. You play match play against the course. How I yeah, you play against it. the course, and you're playing against the score of bogey. So every time you make par, you, you go one up. No, every time you make a par, you get half. Oh. So it's strange, isn't it? It should be called par, shouldn't it? It should be called par, yeah. Why is it yeah. called par? I don't know. But it is. that's what it's called. But it, you get a zero when you get a par. So how did you get on? Uh, the course beat me by two. Mm. Yeah. Although I thought it was a all the whole thing was slightly unfair because it was quite windy. So that was like a special power the course had over me. Uh, and you don't get any gimmies, do you? So the course is like unbelievably tight. So it's not really match play against the course. It's more make a par and get zero. But it's quite good. There's a lot of debate about um, flags in or out, which I'd sort of forgotten about. One of our three ball kept the flag in all the time. Very strange. Yeah, well, actually, I saw someone on uh, someone on Twitter was saying because Fitzpatrick was obviously playing in the the BMW on the weekend, and and somebody made a comment on Twitter about would you not be would you not get annoyed if you're playing with Fitzpatrick and he's taking the flag in and out on every part and doing it for the short ones and and if you and if you're someone that always likes to keep it out is that not gonna especially when it's you know crunch time of the PGA tournament is that not gonna get on your nerves and I mean it was certainly something to think about but. Um, if they've got caddies who are doing it but when you're playing in your local comp and there's just like two or three of you and you're running to and from the flag every five minutes it's a bit more annoying isn't it well so it was fine when he was furthest away and first to put because you could just sort of ignore him for a bit and you could get on with doing your things and he could do his putting with the flag in and then you could take the flag out for your go and then he wasn't like fussy about it so once he got a bit nearer he was happy to have it out if it was already out apart from then he had like a really good score going um, so then he, but towards the end, he was getting a bit twitchy. So on the 17th green, he had like four feet and we'd left the flag and he sort of pulled it out like passive aggressively and was like puffing and puffing because we hadn't asked him whether he wanted in or out. So he sort of stitched us up by changing policy. But I do think broadly it wastes time because it, it needs to, we need to make a decision, don't we, about whether it's in or out. Flag in from long range, flag out from short range. That's what you say. Yeah. Yeah, so that's like the slowest of all worlds, isn't it? No, you just walk on the green, hit your pace, put, mark it, and then pull the flag out. That's why you got walk on the green, hit the pin out, walk back to your ball, hit it. George, did you watch any of the US Amateur this weekend? That would be a negative, I'm afraid. Oh, Hannah? I was playing golf all week. What do you think? Yeah, but there was a lot of US Amateur to watch. Do you know, how many rounds do you think the winner plays in the US Amateur in total? Seven mm. match play, isn't it? Plus... Depends if you were tied and you have to do a knockout to get in. So it, the field is twice as big as a normal elite am event. So it's 300 and something people. So 300 and something people start on Monday, play 18 holes stroke play. Then the same 300 something people play another 18 holes on Tuesday. Then the top 64 go into match play. Uh, and that all whittles itself down to a 36 hole final yesterday, uh, which means the winner plays nine rounds of golf in total. Plus, presumably, two practice rounds, because surely 300 plus qualifiers are playing on the same course. So you need to have two practice rounds on different courses. Bonkers, isn't it? <laughs> nine rounds of golf. I mean, I've never. That's 11, essentially. 
I've not played in anything like that. I think the most I've done is four, probably three or four times. And even that gives you like sort of cabin fever because you just feel like you're going round and round and round doing the same thing again and again and again. You've done similar stuff to that, haven't you? Like it must destroy yeah. your golf. I don't know. I feel like you just get into the rhythm of it and you get used to it. So like, oh, I've played this hole so many times that I don't want to do. Uh, and then I was looking at the exemptions. The exemption's quite good. So he's now exempt from the Open, the US Open, mm-hmm. the Masters in theory, as long as they don't change their... But interestingly, even if he turns pro, he can still play in the US Open as a pro. So that's pretty cool. So he's sort oh, of... Would you, would you keep your amateur status to tick the Masters off or would you back yourself to turn pro? I'll keep my amateur status. Yeah, you would. Most of them do, don't they? You're not turning that down. Just yeah. get to stay in the butler's cabin and do loads of fun stuff when you're an amateur. And you want to try and win low amateur, don't you? All the majors like that's yeah. surely that's a goal, bigger bigger goal in itself. Yeah, um, so it's, the guy's called Sam Bennett. He won it. Um, yeah, and that was his fifth uh, US amateur. So he'd stayed amateur for like way, way, way longer than normal people. And then I hate it, but I now can't read anything that's not through the prism of live. So <laughs> one of the reasons he stayed amateur was because quote. He likes team golf and he liked playing college golf. He was in a team. He liked the support of his teammates. I was like, oh, God. No. It's just... <laughs> He's going to go and join the Mashy Niblicks, whatever they're called. <laughs> Talk. Yeah. Two, two GB players got through to the match play. Tower in the first round, though. One of them, used. I used to be their England manager. Who's that then? Dan Bairstow. Oh, right. Was it? He's from Yorkshire, isn't he? Yeah. They got knocked out by Stuart watching him. I can't pronounce his last name. He's played like 500 majors as yeah. now. Kind of was on the back foot there from the start. Anyway, I would have liked to watch that, but my red button doesn't work on my telly at home, so I kept watching it and it kept glitching, so I couldn't watch oh, it. Oh, is that where it was? I wondered where you could watch it. I have read quite a bit about it. Anyway, and then there was some women's stuff as well. Nelly Corder had like, what happened in the women's golf? Hannah slash George. Well, Jessica Corder actually shot 11 under. Cost record first round. She was 7 under through 7 at the start, wasn't she? And she had a bogey on 8 for 9. She shot 11 under with a bogey. <laughs> Three eagles. Ridiculous. And then she won the team event. And then somehow, I missed this because it was when I was playing on Saturday. Somehow Nelly ended up beating her for the individual title. I don't yeah, know Nelly won the individual. That was but a good why, is the, why is the LET website so annoying? You go to click on the like leaderboard once it's finished. And it doesn't show you like any of the individual scores. It's just like a PDF. Can you just explain to me like how Aramco events fit into the whole thing in women's golf? Like, is it an LET sanctioned thing? Is it co-sanctioned? So it's an LET. It's part of the LET schedule. So all those events are part of the LET schedule. So on the face of it, I feel like it looks really good because there's so much more money going into the LET, which there is. But then there's certain people who feel like they don't want to play in it because of where the money's coming from. So then they're missing out. But also, because they're big events, loads of LPGA players come across to play in them. And then your LET players don't get the starts. Yeah, yeah. They're so like that's... integral to their schedule. So it's just them missing events, which then affects if they keep the card almost. It's so like... you'd say sort of a similar effect to Rolex on the DP World Tour. Yeah. Like it's good and it isn't. I mean, obviously it is good for the army to bring it in, but not everyone gets to play in them because they invite so many star names. And there's nothing, there's nothing commercially in the deal that means some of the money's boosting purses at lesser events on the LET. It's just straight oh, up. Some yeah. of the other events, you should see the purses. And how does the money stack up in an Aramco event versus a standard LET event? Total purse, you're talking like six million compared to like one. So 
pretty substantial. And what and what do you think? What is the sort of feeling amongst women's professional golfers? Do you think about the sort of provenance of the money? And why isn't there such an outcry about it as there has been with Liv? Because I think people recognise that those girls' careers are literally being funded by those events. Like, if that goes, people can't, a lot of people can't even afford to play LET. It's, like, very different to the, like, money-grabbing kind of story that people paint on the Liv side, isn't it? But have you not just said that the people who play in Aramco are the better players anyway? So it's not the ones that are struggling. Like, the corders aren't struggling for a living, are they? No, but you've still got a bunch of let players playing right it's you just not got your full let field playing so if you if you're coming from a starting point that Saudi investment like some people McElroy said this at one point and then sort of backtracked he said that if someone doesn't really matter who it is is willing to invest billions of dollars into our sport then we should welcome that and then make sure it's spent in the right place which is somewhere sort of close to the truth isn't it or close to yeah but in actual fact in the Aramco it's it's sort of like live light isn't it in that the same players are getting richer then there's no benefit to the the broader ecosystem or further down the food chain because oh, like, well, it's a lot it's a lot bigger field than live right okay it's not just like 20 odd or 40 odd or whatever like it's a full field so i'd say it's slightly different in that way like you're probably talking like 15 percent of the field is lpga players who are coming over and being paid they're just like star names to be there aren't they You've still got a chunk of other players who are there, who are main LET players. I got the money way wrong. It was like, it's one million basically for a Ramco event and 250 grand for a normal. A normal LET? That's, that's so bad, isn't it? And is that split for the team and for the individual? Though? That's split, yes. There's half a million for the team and half a million for the individual. Yeah, I mean, it's not nothing, is it? But it's absolutely nothing in comparison to the type of money that you're talking about on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Come on, George, you're not going to scream hypocrisy here. Well, I wasn't going to scream hypocrisy, but what I was just going to chime in was that there has been <laughs> further talk this week, and I know it seems to be on the radar for ages every time Liv is brought up, but apparently it is getting close to something being sorted for a Liv Women's League. So, I mean, you're talking about Aramco and you're talking about, do you think the women care about, you know, where the money comes from or are they just, they're not going to not take it for granted. But this would be even more extreme if Liv were to come in and start up the Super League for women. So, I don't know what you both thought about that. So, when where have you actually read that? Because if you've read it on Flushing It or <laughs> PGA slash Liv Info on Twitter, then can we just discount it? Where have you read that? No, it's... It's from this. It is from sources on Twitter, but it's from sources who have <laughs> spoken to people at Live. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. I don't have to name my sources on here. Okay. Maybe I'm in the know, Tom. Maybe I'm the one in the know. Yeah, but this. Maybe. Is... Maybe we're gonna start. I'm gonna start a Twitter account, Secret Tour Pro. Well, exactly. This is literally the problem, though, isn't it? Because stuff like that just becomes fact when it's not fact. Now I did read it somewhere, and it was saying that it was someone, you know, similar to, for example, when when the when there was all this leak about. Uh, liver going to what is it 20 tour league next year at the beginning that was just oh there's been rumors and oh people have said this at live and then eventually it got broken so i wouldn't be surprised so what's your point here your point here is that if this if this rumor is true and live aren't going to invest in a women's tour then we can't we can't have a go at that because the support is women's golf is that what you're saying 
the the question was first about Aramco, but this would be even more extreme if it was to be Live. So does does the answer then change if it's Live? Well, they also said that they'll talk to Live about a partnership, haven't they? Like the commissioner came out and said that. It seems a bit. LBJ, yeah. There's going to be like a rival when she said like we'll do something with you because that's what Liv wanted in the first place with the PGA Tour, wasn't it? Maybe. What happened on the PGA Tour this weekend, George? Patrick Cantlay with back-to-back BMW Championship wins. Um, it was a clutch performance in the end, really. Uh, he saw Scott Stallings. Really good leaderboard, yeah. Cantlay birdied 17 yesterday and then got a little bit lucky with his tee shot on 18. He sort of jumped through a bunker and then made a really good par in the end. It was a yeah, it was a clutch performance. He won by one. Um, and now he moves up to second in the in the standings ahead of next week. And justice has been done, Tom, because Scott Sheffield is back to number one. I saw that, and he's abs- in in the uh, daft handicap system. He's absolutely miles ahead, isn't he? He's starting like ten. Yeah, no. <laughs> he's ten under, yeah. So and then uh, Cantley will start at eight under. Um, I believe six. Uh, Zalator is six under, and then the main man Cam Smith at four under. So there's still a chance. Cam Smith could get in the win and walking off into the sunset. So, so I attempted to watch some of this golf. I've got quite a few things to say about it. I mean, first off, it's just not interesting, is it? Like, why? I'm not. Do you do you actually think the players are bothered about winning? Yeah. You do. Yeah. So I was watching it last weekend as well, obviously. And did you see that shot McElroy hit into the pond on the 11th last weekend? Yes. Weekend Zalatoris won, and I was. Had a rant about it here to somebody or other. So the flag's like cut on the left hand side of the green, and there's a pond basically four yards left of it, and he tries to hit a cut into this pin for reasons I can't explain to you. Everyone else was dumping it onto the right hand side and watching it roll down to about 10 feet. And the only thing I could come up with is that he's not actually that arsed, he's just sort of treating it as a practice round and sort of wondering if he can pull off his cut when he absolutely has to. Um, so that's one thing. I just can't, I can't understand why. I mean, he's run it twice before, hasn't he? And it's an $80 million prize for the winner of the FedEx and all the rest of it. But it's just put cash on cash, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, but I think you're talking about an outlier here with someone like McElroy, who, let's be honest, he's now at a stage of his career where he's just hunting majors, right? That's all he cares about. And he's had he's come off the back of a year where he could have won every major, couldn't he? He was in the mix for all of them. He's come away with nothing. And now it's like, oh, now I've got to go through you know, the FedEx playoffs, he's not probably as fast. So he, uh, when you say, do you think they care? Well, McElroy, I don't think can be in the same conversation as someone like Will Zalatoris, who last week gets his first win and you can just see how much it means to him. Um, he absolutely wants to win. Patrick Cantley absolutely wants to win this. I think, you know, you're talking about someone like McElroy and to be honest, even someone like Cam Smith, who, you know, will he or will he not go? But we saw he pulled out of the second event with a with an injury how legit that is, we don't know. He's just won the Open. Like, well, does he really care? Probably not. But then you look at someone like Zalatoris or a lot of the key names on the PGA Tour. You know, you saw like Tagala. I know he's a rookie. He's made now the final. He's made the Tour Championship and he was absolutely buzzing. Like for him, this is the biggest thing he's ever done. So I don't think you can just discount it as, as oh, no one cares about it. I think it depends on the type of player. and It depends what they're chasing and depends what their goals are. But I think if you look in general, if you look at the whole field, I think it, I think it is, I think it is a meaningful competition. And I think the winners this last week and this week, when you saw them make a putt to win, how much it meant to them, I think, I think it yeah. certainly still has the credit there. So, all right. So, why are these things at golf courses that are so boring? That is a good point. So I was watching it, thinking, why are they playing it here? 
I mean, next week's no better. Like next week's got lots of heritage and history, but the golf course is so so boring. Like, and that, but I think that to me as a golfer watching it, that really matters because you kind of, there's just no interest in the the field of play at all. It's just I don't understand that. Does that matter to you? I did think it was a bit rubbish watching it this weekend. I see what you're getting at, but. I guess it's a tough one for something like the playoffs because, you know, already all the courses and the big courses and the, the courses of the history are already booked up for the, you know, for the actual PGA Tour season. So can they then, you know, what, what, would, what would you sort of, what would you do about that? Would you go There's to maybe one of the big, good would you just pick, America. would you just pick, yeah, but would you just pick like three of the big ones on the circuit and, 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 and return there? Or? I mean, like the, there are the, some of the PGA courses are absolute classics, like Riviera or or Bay Hill. Like you know, like we all sort of understand the holes and there's in, interest to the holes. But like we, they are literally playing in a field this week. Um, I just think that means it's a very diminished experience for everybody. And I think you can see that in some of the uh, in some of the golf as well. Um, it's just uninspired stuff. Um, it's a shame, isn't it? Because they're obviously trying so hard at the format. Um, and then if you're not interested in talking about the golf courses, then what the, you, you have to say that it's diminished this week because you know that half a dozen players that would ordinarily have been there aren't. And I, I think that is a real niggle now. Like I'm, The whole point of these playoff events is that this is these are the weeks when you're guaranteed that the best 30 players are going to be playing next week. And it's a shootout and blah, 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 blah. And there's no Kepke, there's no DeChambeau. There's no DJ, and it so it's diminished. Yeah, but that's ju- that's just where we are now in terms of the current climate of golf. Like we're gonna get we're gonna get used to that, aren't we? These guys have gone. That's still fresh. They've just left, right? And we're still thinking, are oh, they big names that? I think they would have all lost. made the top thirty. So again, yeah. Do we think they would have all made the top thirty? Well, I mean, I don't know. DJ I mean, wasn't playing great, was he? Bryson probably would have been there, although. Injury. Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch would have made it. He would, yeah. And I mean, it's impossible to say, isn't it? Like the top 30 is pretty punchy. Lowry made a run at it yesterday and just missed out, didn't he? Um, That's what I mean. Like, there's still so many good players who missed. Like, you'd, it's not guaranteed they would have got there anyway. And like that top 30 is still stacked with people that. Yeah, you I want. don't think. I think. I think you're, you're overplaying that. I think there's. I think if we're taking the live guys, there's like a few, two or three. That might have got in there, and and are they someone like Kepka? Yes, Deshambo. When he's been injured all season, hasn't he? So he wouldn't have made it even if he hadn't switched. Like you, you think you're looking at maybe a couple of players. I, don't, I think I think that's you're sort of overlooking the impact of that, in my opinion. When you know when people try to say, "Oh, look who Liv have got," and oh, they haven't got any star value, and oh, all these guys are in the twilight of their career. Like, no, no, they're not. Like they have got big names, and I do think you know that narrative needs to stop about how Liv have just got you know guys at the end of their career, or guys that are. I've been there and done that. Like I, I do think that it is a big loss to the PGA Tour. A lot of the guys that they've lost already, but I don't think for the FedEx Cup it was, it was too much just because of form and, and whatnot and, and all the guys coming through. I mean, so all right, Deshambo's been injured all year. Uh, Patrick Reed would probably have made it, or Patrick Reed would ordinarily have been. He plays more events than anybody, anybody just to make sure he can get in. Um, Poulter has made the playoffs before, probably wouldn't have done this year. Um, but you, but. I think you can you can argue the whys and wherefores of like this player wouldn't have done that or this player wouldn't have done this, but there is this back of the mind niggle now that you're not actually watching the best thirty players over the course of the season because some of them are playing on a different tour. Um 
So it's at the moment, I think the sort of loser in the whole thing is the fan because this these weeks, sort of golf courses aside and fill your wheelbar for a cash full of cash aside, they had got to the point where they were for four weeks basically getting the best 70, 50, 30 players in the world together. And that's you can't you can't say that's the case anymore. I still agree with that that the the fans are the people that are missing out. Outside of the majors, you can't watch all the best players in the world playing together. And we don't even know if they're all going to be able to play the majors next year. The only person who was missing out there really is the fans. Like, There's enough good golfers that the tours are going to be topped up with the players they've lost, and it's not really going to affect it that much. But they, at the end, the end, like if you want to see some people are playing PJ Tour and some people are playing Live, like, are you going to pay £100 separate weeks to go and watch it for a day? No, probably not. Uh, why would you watch? Why would you pay a hundred quid to go watch Live when it's like shotgun start? By the time you found who you want to watch, they've basically finished. You don't have to do because you can just quote read four, five, six, seven to get a free one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's not going to last forever though. What's um? So what? What we're saying about um the Tiger Woods led meeting of the players last week, George? Have you got anything to tell us about that? What happened? Where well, it was interesting, wasn't it? it? It was almost, and I saw someone saying, oh, so I'll stab this, but it was almost Fight Club-esque in terms of, oh, you know, the one the one rule about the Tiger Woods PJ Tour meeting is don't talk about the Tiger Woods PJ Tour meeting. And then suddenly, within three days, it's now all been leaked. Like, Has it? pretty much. So, well, the, the talk is off the back of, uh, of this I, meeting. Hang on a minute. Whose talk is this? Is it that flushing it again? This is not at flushing it. This was um, Fireside <laughs> Collective and... Oh. Right. Okay. Golf Week put in a second one yesterday, which was which is you can now see all the details on nationalclubgolf.com written okay. by yours truly. So get on that. But um, so yeah, after it was this big secret meeting, Tiger's come in, gone absolutely viral after he's getting off the plane. Which also, how funny is it that Ricky Fowler's there again? The guy just loves to tag along at the minute, doesn't he? Bless him. But uh, yeah, so David Brent. The talk. Yeah. The, the talk is. I mean, and it, they are just sort of fighting fire of fire aren't they the pga tour but i guess what choice have they got but then how can they compete if it, they are just going to be throwing money at this but anyway off the back of that meeting the, the the talk is that there's going to be what 20 20 million into each of these events next year there's going to be 18 more events on the pga tour so starting from 2024 and then bizarrely yesterday tiger and rory have apparently been working on an initiative for the last two years where they're going to be bringing PGA Tour to stadiums around the US and they're going to be one day sort of exhibition competitions to sort of spice up the PGA Tour, get fans in. I mean, I, I'm not sure what that constitutes, but um, apparently all is going to be revealed in the next two weeks. Sorry. Bizarre. Stadiums. How do you play golf in a stadium? No idea. Did you not read my article? What's going on here? No, I haven't read your article. Sorry. Sorry. That should have been the first thing you did this morning. Let me ask you. I thought you had notifications on every time I produce a piece that pops up and you get your little fix. So what is going on with uh, the Tiger the Tiger and Rory thing or the Tiger thing? Like, Why is Tiger acting like the sort of de facto commissioner? What's happening there? The alpha, ma- the alpha male, you mean? Yeah. Do you think that even the players who remain think that? Look, this, and, I, and I was speaking about this yesterday and maybe this is a controversial take, maybe not, but in my opinion, make of this what you will, right? If Tiger Woods doesn't exist, right? Tiger Woods, never a golfer. Tiger Woods doesn't play on the PGA Tour. All these guys are going to live right now. They're all going to live, right? They're, they're, the only reason, Justin Thomas, all these boys, that there's a few reasons they're giving for, and maybe this is shallow and maybe it is, you know, well, we don't 
uh, part of it is, of course, we, you know, we're, we're earning enough money on the PGA Tour. We don't need to go. But how many of them have come out and said, well, I want to play in the tournament that Tiger's won. Or I want to be able to, like John Rahm, I want to be able to match Tiger's record. Or, or on the back of that, JT, someone like JT, who hero worships Tiger, and fair enough, rightfully so. You know, oh, if I go to live, I'm I'm going to disappoint Tiger and everything Tiger's worked for and blah, blah, blah. So I think a lot of these guys are staying because of Tiger, because of Tiger's legacy, because of what Tiger's done for the PGA Tour. Fair enough. So now him coming in and acting as this sort of, you know, the, now the figurehead of it, it's just it's just stabilizing that even more. Um, and especially a lot of the younger guys who are breaking into the top 30 now and, and might be you know, 50-50, I think him just coming in and, oh, wow, now Tiger Woods is is here and he's saying, you know, this is the PGA Tour and you've got to stay. A lot of these maybe fences will just, it will just reinforce that even more and they're going to keep all the young, hungry guys who, let's be honest, they're probably the guys they need to keep more than Brooks Kepka, more than Bryson DeChambeau. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's the up-and-comers. And and him coming in and and just, you know, emphasizing all of this and the PJ tour and you know like if, if Tiger if you're a young guy on the PJ tour and Tiger Woods comes in and personally you know he's talking to you and and then he's saying you know you're a star and you've got to stay on the PJ tour you're probably going to do it aren't you it's, it's Tiger Woods like and I don't think it's I don't think it's been spoken enough or written about enough that that, that just the influence of him on, on all of this I mean it's I think it's I think it's pretty valid take i just is it not a bit of a stretch to say that people are going to be making potentially kind of generational decisions about how much money they earn um based on what tiger says or do you think he has that much influence i I, I honestly do and i'm not just it's not just what he says it's it's everything that comes with him do you know what i mean not just him saying stay it's 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 the legacy he's produced for the pga tour it's you know it's it's what he stands for it's just it's just it's the fact these guys grew up wanting to be Tiger Woods they grew up watching Tiger Woods and now he's there and he's saying you know I, I, just, I just I really do think it is, it is a big deal so I think now that they're now that he's coming in and he he seems to be sort of the figurehead behind all this it's, it's, it, it seems like it's what they needed to do. Um, and I just think there's very different types of people like there's people like John Rams and JT and Rory or whatever who are like got into golf to break records and win tournaments they've seen other people win and like then there's people who just do it for career and just want to make their money and get on with it like it's not just about tiger it's about like how they value the history of the game and how they want to like sit in that in the future like i don't think it's just like, I, I agree but i think i think i think that history you just spoke of it is tiger it really is tiger for these guys he he made it relevant he made it relevant and he made the records relevant and he made he made all of it. He did. And maybe that's short-sighted. Maybe that's my young naivety coming into it and not seeing past the guys before that. But well, I, just, I just really think it is. I think both of you saying is absolutely brilliant. What what he really brought was cash. So like the, the, the Tiger effect, yeah, it's legacy and yeah, it's someone for them to idolise and all the rest of it. But what he really did was make everyone richer by bringing cash to the PGA Tour. Well, and, and, then, that, and then that comes back to the argument of, well, we've got enough money playing on the PJ tour well, who's whose reason's that for again it's, it's and he's, Tiger. he's obviously managed by Steinberg and none of his players have gone to live which is pretty key piece of influence he has as well you would guess um so are you back to then a scenario where you end up with um 
a kind of breakaway tour that's sanctioned by the PGA Tour then, something that's sort of Tiger and Rory driven um, and it's something close to the original Premier Premier Golf League model where we do end up with bigger money events um, that are effectively live light or um, live, live but that's okay by us scenario. I think so, yeah. It, back to that same point, you you almost are just fighting fire with fire. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know. If it's like what choice do they have, or if it's the right move. But let's be honest, they've got to do something, haven't they? Um, I'm not sure. My first thought would have been, let's go to stadiums. Let's do a stadium talk. <laughs> I, think we need to, I think we need to part that so we sort of understand what that is. And then apparently seven new live announcements in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, seven are going to go after, and it's going to be they're going to drop it. it it's going to be the night of the tour championship, I reckon. They're going to just drop it aren't they? They're going to drop all seven straight after the tour and it's all going to kick off. Who's your money on, Tom? Uh, well, Cam Smith said he's going to play uh, President's Cup, right? Yeah. Well, I guess I guess one way of trying to work it out was if, you're, uh, if your thing about the contract is true, where they're being told they have to try and poach players to join them on live, then I guess you could just look mm-hmm. who their best mates are, right? You could do. Who's Patrick Reed's best friend then? Because that, 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 he's probably going... What a question. Who's Patrick Reed's best friend? Could be here all day. Who's going? Who, I can't think who his best friend is. Um, and what was happening on the poor old DP World Tour this weekend, George? It was quite a good finish. I watched the end and it was it was Gavin Green, who, which what a name, by the way. There's, there's got to be some sort of pun in there. Was it there's raining? Be some, it wasn't. I was, I, I was sat there watching it. There's, there's got to be something here I can take on to the podcast. It's not even sponsored by Gavin Green. It's really disappointing. Must, must wear Gavin Green waterproof. I couldn't think of anything. I was clutching at straws. There was no pun there. But anyway, he he's looked certain to win. He's led pretty much every day. And then Max Kiefer came out of nowhere. Um, the German on the final day shot six under. Never won on the DP World Tour. Hasn't won. He's won one Challenge Tour event, and I think that was in 2010. He birdies the last. And Gavin Green has one of the, the worst. If you haven't seen it, just get on Twitter. Type in Gavin Green, not Galvin Green. And you will see type in one Gavin, of the... One. I mean, don't people off Gavin. <laughs> Other brands are available. No, uh, has one of the worst horseshoes I've ever seen. I, I, it was, it was tough to watch, and they just obviously they kept showing it. But it was, it was in. It went all the way around the hole. Uh, and Max Kiefer was back in the clubhouse watching it on his phone, and it was obviously delayed. So they cut to him, and he's watching it, and then sees the horseshoe again, and uh, and he wins. So uh, yeah, it was agony really for Green, but it was a good finish. But I'm just, I mean, every time I, sp- I switch the DP World Tour on now, it's, you know, and I, I watch golf every weekend, but I'm just like, some of these names, uh, it, it seems like the the, 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 um, the fields get weaker every weekend. Maybe that's just me and maybe I'm not looking into it hard enough, but it, it's just like, and you look at the top tens every week and it's great that these other guys are getting their chances. It's great to see. Uh, diverse field and it's great to see a mixture of new names and 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 learn of you know Max Kiefer wins great I, you know I'm able to look at him and see that he hasn't won in 10 years and see someone like him how much it means to him to win brilliant made him win on the DP World Tour but you just every time I put it on I'm just like who who are half of these guys mm-hmm. maybe it's because you only watch it for two hours on Sunday that's exactly what it is yeah but <laughs> I don't um, know I still know quite a lot of the names but I think some of the things like off the back of Covid like the that swing they have around like Wales and England, like it's not the most exciting, is it? But I don't. People don't, don't play them. But the I don't know if I agree with that because the the most interesting event in the last four or five weeks to me on the DP World Tour as was the Hillside event because at least that's an interesting golf course. 
So there's, there is, I can't, I can't believe they don't make more of that. Um, four or five years ago, or three or four years ago, um, they were trying to get a link swing going where you had Irish, Scottish, British, all back to back, all at links courses. Um, and that is like a really, really strong USP, I think, that those courses don't exist anywhere else. So I can't, I don't I think understand. that'd be really good, but I, I can't watch them play around Celtic Manor again. Well, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. I just want to be just, I was like, it's just a loop. I can't, I can't watch it. I can't watch them play that drivable par four anymore. Oh, the one where they cut the trees down so you could drive it more easily. What yeah. 16, 15, terrible. Yeah. I actually played, got that call with Dan, who sort of steadfastly like played the dog leg every time. There was anything like it. Um, so, how what would what were people saying about Poulter? Did, yeah, know, let's awesome? let's move on to Poulter. So it's his well, it's his second. It was his second event back on DP World Tour after he uh, after his little success at the Junction to play in the Scottish. Um, are we counting that? I mean, he was put out with the other live golfers, wasn't he? In the in the first group, sort of hung out to try a bit. So let's be honest, this is really his first singular event on the DP World Tour back. He's the poster of all of the, did you see? So Polter arrives on all, all the posters. He's he's his his face plastered. So he's like the star man of this of this event. First one back on the DP World Tour. He plays all right, he just makes the cut and then goes on one on Instagram. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um took aim at the DP World Tour for he he claims he requested. Um, well, first of all, he, I think he moaned that he he, he wasn't being sh- featured enough, and then he requested the DP World Tour to send him some clips from from his uh, weekend, which apparently included a near hole in one. And it's he says it's something he does every time he plays on DP World Tour. He'll request footage, he'll put it on his socials, blah blah blah. And he says they straight up denied this request, um, which then led him to claim that he's being. Uh, treated completely differently to all the other tour members um and basically that it's not fair so yeah he had his little had his little rant on on instagram um and that's that's how his weekend ended so i don't know if you guys saw it and what you made of that but certainly interesting it's just privileged nonsense right i mean it's just it is incredible like what at what point do you just think i've gone over here and done this thing that's made me a lot richer and not only that, I am still able to come back here and play on the DP World Tour. So that's good. And yet you find something else to moan about. It's just bonkers, isn't it? At the end of the day, like, he's been playing millions of pounds by someone else and he's taking up someone else's spot in that field who is basically not earning money that week yeah. because they're playing. So, like, I don't think he can complain about the situation. Quite a lot of other live players played, though, right? Laurie Cantor played. Did he not play with Pepperell? He, he was up there, yeah. He um, he did play with Pepperell, which was interesting, actually, because they're, they're really good friends, aren't they? But then, obviously, Pepperell's been very vocal about the whole live situation. Laurie Cantor's gone. Although, in fairness, Laurie Cantor has been one of the few, along with the likes of Richard Bland, who, you know, has, has come out and said, look, it's a great, you know, it's an opportunity that I probably shouldn't be getting, and I'm grateful for the money. So, of course, I'm going to go. It's a no-brainer. And, and that is what we all want to hear, really, isn't it? I mean, that's, I'm perhaps a bit more open to live than, say, the other guys on the ncg team but my uh problem always is like the likes of polter who just refuse to come out and say well i'm go i've gone because of the money or b they're still kicking up a fuss 
even when they can't then come back onto long tours. But Laurie Cantor was uh, has been very open, which I like. And next week it's concerts, yeah. It seems like it's stacked at the minute. DPL Tour, just events, so many events, no? Well, yeah, so this is their season, isn't it? This is this is kind of one of the other great uh, effects of league. Oh, sorry, effects of league. Effect or effect, we had that argument in me. I don't know. Effect. So this is when the European Tour is supposed to happen. This is the European Tour season we're about to go into now. So the um, playoffs finish next week in the States. And then you get a decent run here. So you get the Danish Open. Then you get the BMW. Then you get the Italian Open. Then you get the French Open. Then you get the Dunhill Lynx. Then you get the Spanish Open. And they're all decent events. I'm not sure how many of those are Rolex events, but certainly some of them are. Um, and they'll all get decent fields. So this, this is the sort of bones of the of the European tour season. Um, so you're into $8 million at the um, BMW, $3 million uh, in Denmark, $3 million in Italy, $3 million in France, $5 million at the Dunhill, uh, $3 million at uh, Spanish Masters. And then we're so, off to Wentworth, aren't we, after that? And then you're off to Wentworth, yeah. So it's a, it's a really chunky run for um, DP World Tour now, but obviously it's going to come up against is it at least two live events in the back end of this season in terms of eyeballs and coverage. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. And you've got to look at that as well. Um, a lot of the guys that the likes of Poulter who would have probably who would have played on the DP and added a little bit more, you know, added that star value that they probably need. You know, the fact that he had to be on the posters for the Czech Masters sort of sums it up. Yeah. Like, say what you want, he was the biggest name on that field. Um, and now having been able to get players like that back, they're then going to lose them again because Liv have got two events coming up. So it will be really interesting to see what field, um, even in their big events, in their big money Rolex events, which field, what sort of field the DP World Tour does get. I think if you're going to Wentworth, you're going to go watch that anyway, regardless of if... Oh, yeah, and the field for that is stacked. The field for Wentworth is stacked, but that is sort of their marquee. That's the marquee event, isn't it, for the year? It's sold out, apparently, first time ever. Sold out for the weekend, yeah, first time. So what are you both doing this week? Tell me. Golf wise or non golf wise? I think I've played enough golf. One, what did she shoot? 73 and she's fed up. She shot 82 on Saturday. I'm fuming. I said I played the other night and I sort of forget that it gets dark about 8.30 now and I only made it to 14 holes. I couldn't see the ball. Have you uh, done that a bit better this week? Have you managed to sell your house yet? Yeah. Are you leaving my house? Clock? You're leaving that clock behind. It stopped working and you see it's the wrong time. Was that the wrong time? That's the right time. You're going to stop the clock. Right. I think that's it. Thank you very much. That was great. Thanks Lovely for stuff. Bringing us up to speed. Bye. Bye. Bye.